Turn, please, in the Scriptures to the book of James. We began some weeks ago on a series we're calling Faith in Action. Faith in, I-N, Faith in Action. And uh, let's pray release our faith for tonight. Lots of folks with us, both churches besides that, a lot of folks with us on the internet, a lot of folks will join and watch these tomorrow morning, tomorrow night, rebroadcast throughout the week. So we're believing for everybody, right? Yeah, somebody needs an answer, they're going to get an answer. Needs direction, needs help, all of us. If you need some correction, would you take it? Do you want it? Even God's correction is a blessing. It's a blessing. Why? Because now I know what to do. Now I know why that didn't work and why that's not right. So let's believe God together. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us together agree as touching this, asking you for utterance that only you can give. Uh, enable us to speak, Lord, as the oracles of God. That is, speak through us so that we're not hearing a man, but we're hearing you. Give us all ears to hear and eyes that see and hearts and, and minds that can discern and understand. Let there come deposits of your spirit, a supply of your anointing. Let there come revelation about the plan and direction and help answers for now and for the future. And let it all be done in such a way that you'd be the most exalted and praised and, and seen that it is you who gave it. It came from you. And not from men. And we'll give you the glory. And we purpose not to be hearers only. Nor forgetful hearers. But to be doers. Of what you show us and say to us. And we know when we do. Our lives will be changed. Miracles will happen. You watch over your word and perform it in the lives of those who do it. And we confess it is so in our lives. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Somebody say I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Not just a hearer. Not a forgetful hearer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. That's a good confession. In James, the second chapter, I'm reading the New Century Version, NCV. James 2.14. He said, my brothers and sisters, if people say they have faith, but do nothing, their faith is worth Nothing. Can faith like that, faith that's called faith, that does nothing, can that kind of faith save them? What's the implied answer? No. In verse 15, a brother or a sister in Christ might need clothes or food. If you say to that person, God be with you, I hope you stay warm and get plenty to eat, but you do not give what that person needs, your words are worth nothing. In the same way, he's just giving that as one example of the whole spectrum of faith. In the same way, faith that is alone, that does nothing, is dead. Well, something that's dead produces no fruit, produces no results. Dead faith produces no results. Verse 18, someone might say, you have faith. I have deeds. 
Well, show me your faith without doing anything, and I'll show you my faith by what I do. You believe there's one God? Good. But the demons believe that too, and they tremble with fear. So there is demon belief. We want to go past demon belief. Right? We want to believe beyond what demons believe. We need mind renewal when we hear the word demon. Most of the folks, when they hear the word demon, they think about something they saw in a movie. And and I avoid horror films. I don't think it's good to watch things. Anything I ever saw in the past, uh, whether it was intentional or not, to me, bore no resemblance to reality. And the enemy wants you to believe that demons are monsters that can't be dealt with and put fear in you. But the truth is, demons are afraid of children of God who know who they are and know their authority in Christ. They actually fear us. Elsewise, why would they run? The Bible says, resist the devil, and what would happen? What would happen? And they'll rise up and growl and eat you alive. No. No. They will what? Flee. And and the, the words there mean flee from as in terror. It's a strong phrase. No. My father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, who's in heaven now, described multiple visions that he had through his life. And on more than one occasion, he said he saw these spirits. And uh, he described them several times as little uh, monkey-like creatures. He said there wasn't a monkey, but like. And uh, when he would command them, shut up and leave this person, he said sometimes they'd fall on the ground and shake like a little pup that you'd hit with a newspaper or something. I don't hit our pups with newspapers. <laughs> so don't send your letter. <laughs> Phyllis might hit me with something. <laughs> but he used that as a, as a way to describe. He said they just lay there and shudder and shake. And he'd say, not only that, but leave this place. And he'd said they'd say, I don't want to, but I know if you tell me to, I have to. He said, well, I'm, I'm telling you to. I command you, leave this place. And they'd get up and run away. Now, is that something you should tremble about? We've we got to get our minds renewed. Understanding that all this Hollywood stuff about demon spirits and possession is a bunch of junk. It's not reality. It's something inspired of the enemy to put fear into people. Greater is he that's in me. Come on, everybody say it. Greater is he that's in me. Than he that is in the world. You hear Christians talking about. I think I think somebody in my building. Is practicing voodoo. And I think they put a spell on me. I think they. And, and you see people that are scared. Well that's not knowing who you are. That's not knowing what you are. You remember when. The Balak tried to hire Balaam. To curse the people of God. Do you remember that? And he was willing to pay. What would have been the equivalent of millions of dollars. In today's funds. And he. Balaam said. 
I can't curse whom God has blessed. And he was known throughout the country as the, if you wanted somebody cursed, get Balaam to put the hoodoo on them. And I mean, they are, they are cursed. Everybody, well, why would the king call and offer millions of dollars for nothing? But he said, I've run across something here I can't deal with. These are God's people. And he's blessed them. And I can't override that. I can't, I can't reverse that. I can't change that. Come on, somebody say, I'm blessed of God. And you can't curse me. You can't. Again, Brother Hagin, Sr., he said some years ago he was in a place. And he was preaching on some things. And he, I guess he uh, rubbed somebody the wrong way, some of the things he was saying. And one of the preachers came up afterwards and said, oh, oh Brother Hagin, Brother Hagin, do you know that you really upset prophetess so-and-so with what you said? And he said, uh, you, you, probably, you may want to go apologize. said, she will, she'll, she'll put a curse on you. <laughs> well, that's a uh, strange prophetess. Right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and Brother Hagin leaned back and said, I double dog dare her to curse me. Double dog. Well, he apparently has no fear of it, which would make him immune to it. Oh, is anybody listening now? The thing that makes you subject to it is the fear of it. Fear makes you subject to bondage. Faith makes you free. In fact, the scripture says, the curse causeless shall not come, but it will return to the place it came from. So somebody says, I'm going to curse you. You say, you better make it your hat size. Because <laughs> it's coming right back on your head. It's going to boomerang right back on you. You can't curse me. Come on, somebody say, you can't curse me. You can't curse me. God has blessed me. And you cannot curse. Whom God has blessed. Come on, friends, the Lord's talking to somebody. More than one somebody. Watching my internet, other folks that may not have known these things. You should have zero fear of witches, warlocks, practitioners, sorcerers. Come on, are you listening? The truth be known. If you find out who you are and what you are, they will be afraid of you that you will shut down their business. If we only knew, uh, you, you can just say some things over these things and stop their business. Paul, there was a young girl that was making her owners a lot of money fortune telling. And Paul messed it all up. Is that right? It made him so mad, it put an uproar throughout the city. He just shut it down. He cast that out of her and she couldn't tell fortunes anymore. Well, you can see why they would be scared of you. Because you could mess up their party. Mess up their whole business. Somebody needs to say it one more time. You can't curse me. You can't curse me. I'm blessed of God. I'm blessed of God. 
Come on, can you see it, friends? If somebody could curse you and override the blessing of God, that'd make them bigger than him. Stronger than him. (laughs) It just ain't happening. But if you get afraid of it, then you're showing it respect and deference and you're honoring it. And that gives it place to affect you. Demons, believe it. And what do they do? What do they do? Tremble. Who's trembling? Not me. (laughs) Them. They're trembling. Why are they trembling? They think about God and they go, ooh, God. Why? They're scared of him. Jesus, he overcame. Spoiled principalities, powers, rulers, stripped them, brought them to naught, the Bible says. (laughs) He put the hurt on them. He keeps on going to say in verse 20, you foolish person, must you be shown that faith that does nothing is worth nothing. Just as a person's body that does not have a spirit is dead, so faith that does nothing is dead. Now go with me please over to Hebrews, book of Hebrews. Hebrews the 10th chapter and verse 35. Hebrews 10:35 says cast not away therefore your confidence which has great recompense of reward for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God You might receive the promise. When are you going to receive and see manifested what the Lord told you? After you have done the will of God, what he told you to do, what he revealed to you through his word, through his spirit. It was his will for you to do. You did what he told you to do. Jesus' mother at the wedding feast of Canaan told him the key to miracles. Whatever he says to you, do it. So they did it, and that's when the miracle power of God manifested and the water was turned to wine. What if they hadn't done what he told them to do when he said, fill the water pots with water? What if they hadn't done that? What if they had waited and said, we believe it. We believe God can do anything. We're believing for a miracle. We'll go fill the water pots. Well, uh, okay, maybe we'll do that. But we're believing for a miracle right now. And we're just going to stand and believe and confess that our needs are met and everything that we need here is going to happen. Well, nothing would have happened. Because once the Lord tells you what to do, you're not waiting on him anymore. He's waiting on you. Once we hear from him and he tells us what to do, then we're not going to experience power until... We do what he said to do. But when we do it, we went into some detail about this the last several times. We looked at uh, Israel and how that when he told them to move forward at the Red Sea, it was when they moved and their feet got in the water that the miracle happened. He told the man with the withered hand, stretch forth your hand. When he did that, it happened. The first one that stepped in when the waters were troubled at the pool. Why is it a coincidence that the power manifested at exactly the same time they moved? No. 
No, it was their act of faith obedience, the obedience of faith, that activated the power. And then when they moved to do what he said to do, his power responded automatically. God has set laws in the universe over the whole planet, throughout the solar system, throughout the universe. We don't have to talk God into manifesting a healing or helping us pay a bill. These things are already set in motion. The principles are already here. And when we activate the power of God through an act of faith, it's going to manifest. God's not trying to, you know, how many understand God is big and he's keeping up with the whole universe and billions of people just like us, right? He's not having to come up with a solution to something we're dealing with day in, day out. The laws that govern these things have already been established, already put in motion. Just like when you jump off the top of the house. You don't go up. You never go up. And you don't go sideways. Why? What what happens? What if you're old? You go down. What if you're young? You go down. What if you're rich? Go down. Poor? Educated? Uneducated? Black? White? No matter where your background, no matter what the variables of your life compared to somebody else, that law works the same for everybody, everywhere, all the time. Well, faith is called a law. The law of faith. And when we act in faith, believing what he told us to do, Just like when you jump off the building, you go down. When you act in faith, the power manifests. When somebody believes it in their heart and says it with their mouth, they're born again. I don't care where they are. Where they were born, what their background is, what time zone they're in, right? And you can't say, well, they were waiting on God to save them. No, that was in place already. All of these things are in place. And the angels are assigned duties and responsibilities for these things. The Spirit of God is in the earth. And the Word of God, whatever He sent His Word to do, it will accomplish what He sent it to do. He said it's just like the cycles of the earth. Didn't He say it in Isaiah? His Word going forth and producing fruit is just like the cycles of the earth, like the Uh, evaporation and the rain and the crops growing. You don't have to beg God to make your tomato plant grow. Just plant your tomato. Right? In good soil. And he has already put everything in motion to make that happen. And if you'll activate it, it's going to manifest. It's a miracle how it'll seed. Becomes something you can put on your sandwich. <laughs> Isn't it? It, it is. It's, we live with it. It's all around us. We, we're so used to it. It's easy to take it for granted. But it is miraculous that all of that is in that tiny seed. And you plant it. And when you do, it releases things 
from the ground, from the soil and the water and the light. And it develops first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. It's miraculous. But you didn't have to fast and pray to get God to make your tomato plant grow. And he didn't have to make an individual decision where you were concerned about your tomato plant. And if you say, Lord, I wanted more tomatoes. That's not his fault. It was up to you how many tomatoes you planted. He's not making all these decisions for us. He's not controlling all these things for us. He created us to be in his family. A class of being that can communicate with him and fellowship with him. We are capable of deciding how many tomatoes we want. And he's left that to us. And he plans to put a lot of things in our hands before this is over. Earth is actually training school for what's coming next. We're being groomed. We're being trained to rule and reign with him in his eternal kingdom. He's going to put us over cities. Does the scripture talk about these things? We're going to shine like the stars in glory. We may not appear like it now, but we're headed for something. We're the children of God, the sons of the living God. Now, what one of the things we need to learn down here is faith, the principle of faith. And Faith that does nothing is not a real God kind of faith, living faith. In order to see the results of the laws God's put in motion, we must act. Somebody say act. We must act on what he told us. And the action of it proves the faith beyond question. If you're on the high dive... And they say from below, jump. We'll catch you. We'll help you. And you say, I believe in you, but I'm not going to jump. <laughs> you know, maybe the top of the building's on fire. And fireman's standing there with the great big net and uh, to catch you. And they say, jump, jump. We got you. We got you. We're trained for this. We know this. And you go, I, I can see you guys are strong. And I can see from here that, that net you got, that's top quality. <laughs> But uh, I'm, I'm not going to. I believe in you. I believe in you as much as anybody believes in you. Well, no, you don't believe in them as much as the guy that just jumped. How many of comes a time when it's time to quit talking and show it? Demonstrate it. Be a doer. And you go a sailing off there, nobody has to ask. Wonder if he trusts them. <laughs> Reckon he trusts them to catch him? He must. There he goes. It's evident. It's proof positive. Are you there in Hebrews 10? Go with me down to the 11th chapter, just right close by, the great faith chapter, and look at verse 6. Without faith, 
It is impossible to please him, to please God. Now that's a strong phrase. Impossible means there's no way. You can please him with anything you're doing if it's without faith. A faithless prayer, I don't care how perfect it sounded, how many scriptures you quoted, if there's no faith in it, it don't please the Lord. A faithless offering, I don't care how big the amount was, if you didn't do it in faith, you can't please God with it. Nothing we do can please him unless we do it in faith. And he describes two of the big parts of having faith in God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. People that are still questioning whether God exists or not, they can't please God. Right? They can't even begin to please him. Have you gotten that settled? How many believe God is? He exists. He's real. He's real. He is. And he is God. He, he's all-knowing and all-powerful. And what else you got to believe? What else you got to believe? Now, see, the, the demons believe that God exists, and they tremble. But they don't go to this next part. We talked about going beyond demon-believing. And this is where you go beyond demon-believing. And you must believe that he is a rewarder of those that what? Diligently seek him. Diligently seek seriously and uh, continually seek him. To seek him means to look for him, to reach for him, to pursue him, to follow him, To seek him. One of the biggest problems in the earth. Are the millions. Who refuse to seek him. It's referenced in scripture. Numerous times. Let me read it to you. Psalm 14.1. It says the fool. Has said. In his heart what. There is no God. Do we have any fools on the planet with us in our generation? I don't care how many degrees you got. I don't care how many languages you speak. I don't care how well read, well versed you think you are. If you say there's no God, you are a fool in the truest sense of the word. That's not a slander. It's just reality. You're a fool. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There's none that doeth good. Keep reading. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand. And how would you know if they did? And (laughs) seek God. If you believe God, if you really believe he exists and he's real and he's God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen next? You are going to begin to make efforts and moves to come to him, to find out about him, to find out about who he is, what he is, what his will is for your life, Ryan, his plan. You don't seek for something unless you believe it's there. And you don't seek for something unless you believe you can find it. 
You can get it. Now we're talking about faith in action. A faith that does nothing is worth nothing, James said. Many are passive, not even making any effort to find it, proving they're either not convinced it's there or that no matter what they might do, they could get it or find it. Jesus said, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Seek. Did Jesus tell us to look for it? Now, this is rich right here. Is it going to fall on you if you don't look for it? We're told to look for it. Not because it's hidden and God's hiding it from you. If God hid it from you, you ain't never finding it. Is that right? How many believe if God hid it from you? You're done. It's laid up for us. But the Lord has done such things in such a way that if you don't believe, you don't have access to it. If you don't believe, this book might as well be in code to you. And you won't be able to understand. If you don't believe in God, you don't believe he's real, you don't believe he's good, you don't believe he's a rewarder, you can't get to him. You can't touch him and let him touch you. He's ordained it that way. He set it up that way. He's a God who hides himself, the scripture says, and he's also a God who reveals himself. Well, who does he hide himself from? The Bible said he gives grace to the humble, but the proud, he resists and knows afar off. If you're going to be haughty and act like you know everything and you say there is no God and you don't need the crutch of religion, then for you throughout your whole life, there will be like there is no God. And you won't see any of it. And you won't hear any of it. And it's because you don't value it enough to get any of it. You're unworthy of it. You've scoffed and mocked at the greatest things in the universe. And the holiest things in existence. And you ought not see them. And you ought not hear them. You're unworthy of them. And so these folks don't pray. They don't try to believe. They don't try to find it. Don't believe it's there to start with. So there's nothing to find. And for them, there is nothing. Oh, but for them that believe. I say for them that believe. A whole dimension of existence opens up. And it is the reality that existed before the material realm did. And will exist after this earth has passed away. All you got to do, I don't care. You can be in the lowest point in life. You look up from your place and say, Lord, I believe in you. And that's the first part of the verse. I believe in you. I believe you're real. It's a choice. People say, I just can't believe that. That's a lie. Say it correctly. You choose not to believe it. 
by right of what faith is. No such thing as a person who can't believe. The accurate statement is, I choose not to believe. But if you choose to believe, Enoch is such a perfect example. In fact, I mean, it was talking about him in this very verse right here. These verses 5, 6, and 7. Enoch. Let's look at it. Verse 5. Enoch. By what? Now we know from verse 6 what faith includes. What does it include? Believing he is. And believing he's a rewarder of those that. So what do we know about Enoch without knowing anything about him personally? What do we know? We know he was fully persuaded God is real. Yes, right. What else do we know about him? He sought him. He looked for him. He reached for him. And how did he do it? By faith. How do we know he had faith? It must not have been a dead faith that did nothing. So he must have done something. What did he do? He walked with God by faith. And as he did so, God became more and more real to him. And he got closer and closer to him. Until he'd get caught up in his presence for lengths of time. And God would get as as real to him as, as the ground he's standing on or his natural body. And then he began to get even more real to him than that. And finally one day God said, won't you just stay with me? <laughs> he said, I'd like that very much. And he just didn't come back. <laughs> Is this real or not? Is heaven real? Is God real? What do we think is going to happen to us when our body dies and we slip out of it? We're going somewhere. I said, we're going somewhere. Death is called a departure. Hmm? Just like a flight leaving somewhere. We're going to leave the earth. We are literally out of here. We're leaving the earth. And we're going to be where he is. With him. And the Bible says to depart and to be with Christ is far better than being here. But those who have faith can fellowship with him some now. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. We live by faith. Verse 4, back up to verse 4. Abel offered the more excellent sacrifice. And verse 5. Enoch, we know from Genesis, walked with God. I can see when this all first began, going out to the woods away from the tent and everybody else and going, God, I know you're here. He's doing this all by faith, not by feeling, not by reasoning. And I just want to talk to you. And I want to draw close to you. And I want to I want to be aware of you every day in my life. I want to live with an increased awareness of you. I know you're here. I know you hear me. And so I'm just going to talk to you, Lord. And as this progressed day in and day out, and week in and week out, and month in and month out, the Lord became more and more real to him. Oh, hallelujah. 
And he pleased God. What pleased God about this? Well, verse 6 tells you. For without faith. It was referring specifically directly to Enoch walking with God by faith. What pleased God about this situation? And how do we know he had faith? By what he did. He kept seeking God. He kept reaching for him. He kept asking for him and looking for him and searching. You don't search for something you don't believe is there. You don't look for someone you don't believe is there. You don't look for something or someone you don't believe you can find. After a while, you'll get discouraged and go, well, is it even there? And you quit looking. Can you find the plan of God for your life? Yes, you can. If you believe you can't, then you can't. But it's not because it's not there. It's because you believe you can't. This thing works by faith. Oh, but if you believe it, you won't quit. You'll just keep looking for it. And nothing can deter you. And nothing can discourage you. You just keep going. No, it's there. It's there. And I'm going to find it. We're going to get it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody's getting it tonight. I said somebody's getting it tonight. We walk in the steps of our father Abraham. And these steps are steps of walking with him as he leads. And you keep having to take another step and another step. Abraham, when God called him to come out and go to a place he didn't know about, he left what he knew and went out not knowing where he was going. Do we know if Abraham has faith or not? How do we know? He acted, he packed up everything and he moved. And how does he know where he's going? He believes it's there. He believes it's there. When does he believe it's there? Because the Lord told him, I'm going to show you a place. Well, if the Lord said, I'm going to show you a place, then the place is there. And year after year and decade after decade, he wandered around. He set up his tent. He took it back down and he kept moving. Why? And he did find the place that God said, I'm going to give this to you and your seed forever. But Hebrews let you in on another thing that really he was looking for a place that wasn't built with hands. And he found it. Hallelujah. Some of what we're looking for, we'll find in this life. And the rest of it we'll realize later on, that was out of this life. But we're going to find it. Either way, we're going to find it. Too many are too easily deterred. They're too, too quickly do they get discouraged and disillusioned and quit looking and quit trying. Because it can be wearying to your flesh. You ever been there? Every, every phase in Phyllis is in my life and ministry. The Lord helps you to see it's there. And you have to make up your mind. Okay. He said it's there. It's there. Now what do we got to do? Seek. And you shall find. The Lord dealt with us. There's a. There's ministry for you. 
And so we got tapes. This was back almost 40 years ago. And our first step of faith was listening intently to those tapes. I can look back now and see on our journey of faith that God had for us, that was our first step, was listening to that. And we fed on it night and day, week after week, month after month. And didn't realize it, but the Lord's getting faith in us. He's building our spirit up. He's becoming more real to us. And his things are becoming more real too. We're believing it stronger. And the stronger you believe it, the more real it becomes. And the more real it becomes and the stronger your faith gets, the more real than that he becomes. It just keeps going up and up. And finally we got in our heart, we're supposed to go to a meeting. We're supposed to go to the camp meeting there in Tulsa. We were little, little country folks and we hadn't traveled like that. And we didn't have the money to do that. But by that time we had faith to believe It's there. We can get it. We can get this. And so Phyllis and I know it might not sound too big to you now, but to us, it'd be easier to believe for a $10 million building now. Am I telling the truth, Phyllis? For for us to believe for that than it was to believe for the trip to go out to Tulsa and have the hotel bills and the gas. We didn't even have a car that'd make it out there. It took all the faith we had to believe, to go out there for the week and to stay and come back home. But see, probably five years before that, we wouldn't have even talked to you about it. Oh, we got to work. We got to do this. We got to do the other. We can't do that. We don't have this. We can't. We don't know. (laughs) You, You can't see that it's there. But if the Lord says, there's something out there I want you to get. Now go get it. <laughs> Whatever he says to you, do it. And if he says, get it, then you got to believe it's there. You got to believe he's there, he's able, it's there, and he, I can find it. Because he's actually helping you find it. It's not that it's so hard to find or that he's hiding it from us, it's that we're so young. When he says, my little children, it's not a figure of speech. (laughs) The world is full of confusion and darkness and the curse. And we're so young and so, so much we don't know that he has to take us by the hand and help us. But we got to give him something to work with. We can't just fall down in the floor and cry and say, I can't do it. It's hard to steer a parked car. Lord, lead me. Lord, lead me. Well, get it out of park. You're saying, steer me, steer me. Well, put it in drive and push the accelerator pedal. Get get moving. Give him something to steer. And so we did. And, And I mean, it was a miracle for us. Somebody gave us their car to use for the week, a new car. Hallelujah. So we got a good car. And as we're driving away, heading towards Oklahoma, Phyllis says, I have money. I said, me too. People had given us money. And it was enough to pay for our rooms and our meals and our gas. May not sound big to you now, but to us right then, 
We wouldn't have even dared to plan to do it unless we believed the provision was there and begin to look for it. And once we got out there, oh man, what a great time we had. I saw thousands of people stand up at one time and speak in tongues. I didn't know there was that many people in the world spoke in tongues. It was just a shock to my system. And I thought, oh, Lord, this is amazing. This is wonderful. We're just going to be a part of this great meeting and then go back home to Mississippi. But the Lord had something else. And they kept saying all through the week, got me had services all day long. And they kept saying all through the week that they were giving tours out on the Ramah Bible Training Center campus. And we were impressed we should go on the tour. It was free. <laughs> and they just took you on the bus out there and you looked and then they took you back to the convention center downtown Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so we did. And when we got out to the campus and we began to tour through there, the Lord began to deal with us about it and about coming. What's he saying? I have something for you here. I have something for you. What's our response? If you believe it, what are you going to do? Thank God by the grace of God. He had got enough faith into us that we didn't just say, oh, there's no way. If there's something for us there, if that's his plan and will, he is well able. And I won't, I won't, you, you've heard us talk about it before, but by the grace of God, we didn't just make it one year, we made it 20. And then he said, I got something for you in Branson. <laughs> we looked. You got to look. But not just look, but look what? Seeking, fully confident that we will find. We're going to find it. We didn't know what, even what we were looking for. I thought we were looking for a studio and, and just some offices and didn't know the Lord had, had a church in mind. When we got down here, we, we, there's something to look for. We look, you can get weary looking. And the enemy will try to discourage you. You're not going to be able to find it. You're not going to be able to do that. It's not here. That's when you need to get strong. That's when you need to get strong and go, no. The head of the church told me that if I would seek it, I'd find it. Come on, are you with me? This is where this is where faith comes in. And so we looked and looked and looked, and they told us this place was already sold. But you're sitting in it. Right? Thing after thing. Thing after thing. Just recently, you know, you, you need, and I have for you, this digital TV equipment. We had none of the money. Before the week was out, we had all the money. Is that right? You, a lot of you were there. What if we hadn't looked for it? What if we just said, oh, that's a lot of money. We can't do that. We'll just get by with being fuzzy. But what if we hadn't looked for it? What if we hadn't looked for it? You wouldn't have found it. The scripture says, then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. Go to Hebrews 6. 
Hebrews 6. We had read to you from Psalm 14, the same thing is written in Psalm 53. The same thing is written in Romans 3. There is none that seeks after God. One of the biggest problems on the planet is that we got millions of people down here that don't believe in God enough to even pray to him or look for him or seek anything from him. That's a big, big problem. Because if you don't look and you don't reach and you don't see, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. But the other part of that, you got to open the door. You got to want him to come in. You got to look for him. And if you draw near to him and reach to him, what do you say? I'll draw near to you. If we diligently seek him, is he a rewarder, a responder, a blesser, a helper of those that diligently, that means seriously, sincerely, some translations say, and with what the Bible calls patience, which means persistence. You don't just seek him for a little bit. Uh, Somebody says, well, I've been looking for that for two years. Did you find it? Well, no. Well, you ain't done. Well, I've been looking for that answer for 10 years. So God time, that's how long? A few minutes. Right? So, no. Faith, the, the fact that you look for it means you have faith. You wouldn't look for it if you didn't believe it was there. The fact that you keep looking for it means you have faith and patience, perseverance. And you're so convinced it's there, you're not stopping till you get it. The Lord tells you, I have this for you. You want to shout like it's already done. Realizing it's just a matter of me getting to it, of it getting to me. My part is to believe it and look for it. And when he tells me take this step, what that is, is a step towards it, whether I know it or not. And I'm not stopping until I get there. Not stopping until I get there. Somebody say, not stopping until I get there. In Hebrews 6, he talks about this, talking, talking with Abraham. We, we're the children of Abraham. We have faith like Abraham. We walk in the same steps of that faith that Abraham had. Did he have to be persistent? Now, God, did God have mercy on him and Sarah? Did they have moments? <laughs> they have moments where they weren't looking for it like they should have been. Or where they were looking in the wrong place. Why? Because you can get tired. Uh, your flesh can get weary. You know, in, in the property we're on now, in now in Branson, and this property right here, in both of those situations... You got tired. I mean, there was a time in our first property, we needed room for the children. We needed room for parking. And for, what was it? It was several years that uh, we we kept thinking, we need this. And somebody said, well, what about this? And they wanted to sell us some stuff next to us. And uh, every time we start to do it, you want to do it. You want to be done. But if you'll be honest, you'll know I'm not satisfied with that. God's not able to do almost what you're believing for. 
or close. He's able to do. Exceeding. Abundantly. Above. What you asked or thought. But it takes faith and patience to get there. You got to just keep believing. And seeking. Seeking him in prayer. Seeking when he tells you to take a step. You're looking. We're looking for it. You're looking for changes in your body. And you're not quitting until you see them. Is that right? You're looking for funds. Monies to take care of this, take care of that. And you're not stopped till you see it. Till you experience it. Is it there? Is the Lord able to do it? Yes. And you're not moved. But what you see or don't see. Feel or don't feel. Jesus said. Big bold red letters. Jesus said. Seek. What did he say? And you shall find. Don't be weary in well doing. In due season you shall reap. If you faint not. Hebrews 6. He said. Don't be slothful. In verse 12. But followers of them who through faith and patience. Inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham. Because he could swear by no greater. He swore by himself. Saying surely blessing I'll bless you. Multiplying I'll multiply you. So after he had patiently endured. What happened? What happened? What happened? He obtained the promise. Did he find what he was looking for? Did he? Took decades. But the Lord helped him. Even when he had a low spot. And Sarah a weak time. They overcame it. They got stirred up again. We're going to get this. There's a number of people who have quit. They said last year or 10 years ago. They believed in these things. They believed God's a good God. But because they didn't see it within a certain time frame. And things didn't work the way they wanted them to. They've quit. They've cast their confidence away. Oh, there's nothing to that. That's not for everybody. They're making excuses. That's when new doctrines develop. When people prayed and it didn't work the way they thought it would. They tried to believe for something. It didn't work out that way. But that's being proud. When I show some humility and acknowledge could have been something we didn't do right. Doesn't mean it was the will of God. For one thing, it's uh, if you gave up and quit, that's pretty obvious what happened. I want to say that again. If you quit, if you got upset, if you got disillusioned, discouraged, and quit, that's pretty obvious what happened. Have y'all heard me share, Phyllis share, about the time we believe for the Buick Riviera? Yes. Yeah. Good, I'm going to tell you again. <laughs> you want to hear it? Phyllis wants to hear it again. Back to the beginning. Phyllis and I are just on our third set of tapes. You talk about green. We are green as can be. But we had heard. Through these wonderful faith men and women ministers, through the scriptures that we're seeing, that all things are possible to him that believes. And we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, which includes 
Poverty and sickness and failure and defeat. Confusion, depression. And, and it, it dawned on us, God will help us. He'll pay our bills. He'll help us get out of debt. We needed a car. And uh, so we, we learned about the prayer of agreement. Anything you, you pray and ask the Father for and agree in touching that, he'll do it for you. So we did. We said, Lord, we ask you for a car. And we got to talking about it among ourselves. What are we going to ask for? What are we going to believe for? Well, a, a good car. Then we thought, well, hey, God's a big God. A nice car. Then we thought, hey, God's a big God. How about a new car? We thought, hey, God's a big God. <laughs> he is, but that's reasoning. I'll touch on that a little bit later. And so we went. We thought, we need to go to the, the, the car lot. Didn't have 10 bucks. <laughs> and we went and looked at the new cars. Now, this was back uh, decades ago. And Buick Riviera was on the lot. Caught our eye. And that's back when a Buick was a Buick, brother. I mean, big. And full of chrome. And it caught our eye. And we thought, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what we need. Buick Riviera. That's what we want. So we, we, we got excited about it. We claimed it. And we believed we received one. And uh, we heard somebody else say this, so we said, we believe we receive it by 30 days. In 30 days. We were excited. And uh, days passed. We talked about our new Buick Riviera, thanked God for our new Buick, and uh, praised him, and, and made the confessions, and time passed, and three weeks passed, and our 30 days is almost up. Well, hey, we're closer to the end of the 30 days than we were before we started. And, and it's, it's upon us. And, and it came down to the last week. And then it came down to the last day. This is the 30th day. Well, this has got to be it. Because it's the 30th day. And uh, all that day, we were so excited. We thought, did you check the mail? When the phone rang, that could be it. And we are in expectation. But... The day came and went and the night came and we're sitting up because, hey, still 11 o'clock, <laughs> still time. And then 12 o'clock came and 12.01 and 12.15 and 12.45 and 1 o'clock and we got to get up and go to work in the morning and our feathers fail. Do you know what I mean by that? We didn't even discuss it. We just went to bed. Where's our car? So, <laughs> anyway, we just, thank God by the mercy of God, we didn't blame God. And we didn't say there's nothing to that faith stuff. That's where people miss it. We said, Lord, your word can't fail. There's just a lot we don't know. Have mercy on us. Help us. Well, over the course of the next couple of years, he did help us. And we got out of debt, some debt, and we we went to Ramah. I told you about what happened with that. And uh, I'm there in the middle of my first year in school, in prayer school and healing school. And I'm praying that day. And it dawned on me, everything I'm hearing about faith here 
from people that I know know something about it, like Brother Hagin himself. I don't see where we missed it on the car deal. It sounds to me like we were doing that. Then why didn't it work? So I'm perplexed. But I'm not bitter. Are y'all with me now? And I'm not haughty and accusing God. I'm saying we must have missed it somewhere. The reason I say that is because there's a lot of people mad at God. And bitter and have just thrown away the word and quit church. And just because they're so proud. God didn't fail. His word didn't fail. Real faith didn't fail. And so I'm laying there on the floor praying. And I said, Lord, I, I need help here. From what I'm learning about faith here at this great place, it still looks to me like we were in faith, but we must not have been because it didn't work. So I, I still don't know what faith is. Help me. Do we need to acknowledge when we don't know? Because who gets the grace? If you'll humble yourself. You get to help. And the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard a voice. But inside me. This is what he said to me. He said you and she were in faith. In fact you were doing well. And I thought. I'm even more confused. (laughs) Where's the Buick? (laughs) Right? I mean. If we're in faith. And he began to speak to me. While I'm laying in the floor. And teach me. And help me. He said you were in faith. Until 1201. And you let a little mechanism. With springs and hands. Click a few times. And then you decided my word wasn't true. And I thought. Dummy. Dummy. I'm kicking myself. I thought dummy. And we could use that card. I'm thinking. And he went on to say this to me. He said, for where you were, you asked big. Not big for me, but big for your faith. And that's fine. But when you ask big, you need to be prepared to stand long. It's fine. If you want to ask big, reach out there. But you need to be prepared. Didn't say he didn't say you'd always have to, but you need to be prepared to stand long. I saw it. We were persuaded. We were expecting. We were excited about it. We're in faith. We really were. Until 1201. Now now help me out. What did we do after 1201? We stopped looking for it. We stopped searching, looking, expecting. Up until that, for those 30 days, we were expecting. The phone rang, that could be it. Check the mail, that could be it, right? Uh, as the days got closer, hey, we're close. It's happening. We are, why would we be expecting? Nothing in the natural reason to expect. We're in faith. But then we quit seeking. We quit looking for it. 
We quit expecting. We have cast our confidence away. We're no longer in faith. Through faith and perseverance, patience, that's how you inherit. So I'm laying there thinking, man, it would have been so good if y'all had just stayed with it. If we'd have just stayed with it, who knows? Maybe it's another week, maybe another month, maybe two, any, any way, whatever. We'd have got it. We'd have had it. It would have encouraged our faith. It would have been a blessing. And the Lord spoke to my heart. It's not too late. I thought, huh? 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 It's not too late. What do you mean it's not too late? He said, it's not too late. Things of the Spirit don't age and fade. My word is incorruptible. Faith is timeless. Just go back and pick up where you unhooked. And you remember how you and she were expecting and looking and expecting and looking for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just do it again. This time, don't set a date. Just believe and expect until. Long as it takes. Until. Man, I could hardly wait to get home. I drove my little Chevy 1969 faded green pickup down to downtown, shoot 'em up alley, we called it. Rough part of town. And Phyllis and I began to talk about this. I told her what the Lord said to me. She got all excited. But first, she wasn't as excited. I said, you remember when we believed for that Buick Riviera? Yeah. I said, no, no, no. No, listen, listen. This is what the Lord said about that. I told her, man, she got excited. I'm excited. We repented before the Lord for quitting and casting her confidence away. We said, Lord, we're hooking right back up on this again, and we're believing you, and this time we're not quitting. Now, I will say this. This is another message. you got to watch about giving too much detail. About I want it this and I want it this way. A lot of times that's stuff you came up with. You need to say what he said. And sometimes he'll say it just generally. A good car. Or maybe a new car. Whatever. But you got to watch about adding a bunch of detail he didn't say. Because actually what he'll do is better than what you thought. You're believing for lavender. And there's a chartreuse that hadn't even come out yet. Or whatever. Black diamond pearl. Whatever it is it, it appeals to you. So we did. And uh, we stayed after it. Now we didn't make confessions every day necessarily. Because months passed. And then a year passed. Well at this point. You're not thinking about it all the time. And you don't need to be thinking about it all the time. You don't need to be thinking about things and cars all the time. But then another month and two and three and five and six passed. And another year passed. Somebody say another year. Another year. And uh, when we think about it, we would affirm to the Lord. By this time, we're not as focused on Riviera. You know, a lot of stuff has happened. Years have passed. So we just said, Lord, we're believing for the right car. 
And another six months passed. Somebody say another six months. Came home from teaching and ministering. and Phyllis came in from work. She said, guess what? I said, what? She said, so-and-so, she called a man's name, told me to tell you that the Lord told him to buy us a brand new car. I said, is that right? She said, yeah. Said, uh, and I knew he could. He had the ability to. We knew this man. I said, well, what kind did he say? He said, whatever kind we want. I said, whatever kind we want. He said, he said, whatever kind you want. Go pick it out. He's paying for it. I said, well, get your purse. <laughs> it was wintertime in Tulsa. And we went to one dealership. And we looked there. And we looked at another dealership. Looked there. We looked at this one and that one. And we pulled up at the Buick place. And lo and behold, sitting in there in the showroom floor was the brand new latest generation Buick Riviera that had, uh, what was it, a display screen before any other car had a display screen. And boy, it was a pretty color and it had the chrome on it and it had the wire wheels and, and we thought, okay. And Riviera just came rushing back to us. We thought, well, yeah, we still want a Riviera. Look at that. And it had a great, we turned, came around the corner and looked at the front and it had a big sign that said sold. We thought, hmm. So we told the folks, they said, you, can we show you something else? We said, no, not right now. But if for some reason that car's not sold, here's our number, call us. What was it, next day? They called us. They said, you want this car? It's for sale. It's not sold. We went over there. We drove it out of the showroom floor. Tires crunching in the snow. Oh, hallelujah. It was a blessing to us for years. And then we sold it to somebody else. Hallelujah. But this is what some folks have not understood. It's not just make three confessions and shout. And if it's not done by day after tomorrow, so we must have missed God. If it was right last year, it's still right. If the Lord told you something about it 10 years ago, he hasn't changed. He's not going to change. Now, you've got to watch about just making stuff up, like I said, and saying a bunch of things he didn't tell you to say. But when you get something from him, then whatever he tells you, you sow your seed, you release your faith, and then you look for it. Huh? And then you keep looking for it. And if days pass, what do you do? Come on, help, help me out. What do you you keep looking for it. And if months pass, what do you do? What do you do? You, you keep expecting it. You keep looking for it. And if years pass, help me out. If years pass, you keep looking for it. You keep expecting Go to 1 Kings 18. I think I'll close with this. 1 Kings 18. Elijah had just had the showdown on the mountain with the prophets Jezebel. Jezebel's prophets called the fire down. You remember that? You talk about a spectacular miracle. Well, in the middle of this, or I should say right at the end of this, that happening, 1 Kings 18.41, Elijah said to Rahab, get up, eat and drink, 
There's a sound of the abundance of rain. And it was as dry as the driest desert and not a cloud in the sky. I know from reading the rest of the scriptures. He's saying this because the Lord told him to say this. He got this by faith. It hadn't rained for years. And all the crops have failed. It's terrible, severe drought throughout the land. And he tells the king, you need to hurry up and eat and get ready to go. Because I hear a big rain. I'm sure everybody around thought, I don't hear anything. Big rain. It ain't rained around here in years. Dry as a bone. He said, you better get up, meet, drink, get ready to go. I hear a big one coming. I hear a frog strangler. That's heavy rain. 42. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. He did what the man of God told him. Why? He just got through seeing fire come out of the sky and burn up. <laughs> he, he's not even arguing with the man. He just said, let's go eat and drink and get ready to go. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. What's he doing? What's he doing? He's seeking God. He said, why? Because there is no reason in the natural to think it's about to rain. None. It's dry. There's not a cloud in the sky. But when the Lord tells you something's coming, what do you do? You seek his face. You seek that thing. You look for it. You prepare for it. Right? You reach for it. He's there. On the mount, down with his face between his knees, praying, seeking God, believing God. He's looking for it. Then he said to his servant, go up and look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there's nothing, nothing there. What's he looking for? He's looking for rain. He's looking for clouds. He's looking for the storm. He said, there's Boss, there's nothing there. He said, go look again. And he did it how many times? Seven Seven times. He comes back and said, no, boss. No rain, no cloud, no storm. What did he say? Look. Again. Go again. He said, go look toward the sea. And so seven times he told him to do that. Go look. Toward the sea. What's he looking for? There is no cloud. It's dry. There's no cloud. I'm sure there were people around that heard him, heard that prophecy say, well, it ain't raining today, I'm telling you that. I've been around here. There's nothing to create any rain. There's no moisture. There's nothing. Seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time. What if he'd stopped on the fourth time? What if he'd stopped? What if he quit looking? Well, I must have missed it. Ain't a wick could rain it down. I don't know what we're thinking. I don't know. With my income, there's no way we're ever going to get something like that. With my, I don't even know how. There's no way that. If you believe it, you look for it. 
And you keep looking for it. And you keep looking for it. One, two, three, four. You keep looking for it. Everybody else scoffs and mocks. You keep looking for it. Think about Noah all those years building that ark. People laughing and mocking. What's he looking for? A flood. I mean a global event. Never happened. Nothing in the history books to relate it to. But if God says it's coming, he's looking. And he looked for it and prepared for it and got ready for it for decades. Does a, does a man have faith? How do we know he has faith? His actions. And he won't quit looking for it. The Lord's coming back again. I said the Lord's coming back again. The trumpet's going to sound. And the dead in Christ are going to be raised up. Hallelujah. Are you looking for it? Huh? Keep looking for it. Keep looking for it. And at the seventh time, he said, there is a little bitty cloud way out to sea from here. It looks about as big as a man's hand. I think Ahab smiled. Excuse me. The prophet, the man of God smiled. And he said, you go tell Ahab, you better get out of here right now. Or the rain's going to stop you. There's a tiny little cloud. Tiny little cloud way out there. He says, if you don't leave right now, you're going to get rained out. <laughs> but now again, they just saw fire fall out of the sky not too long ago. And verse 45, it came to pass in the meanwhile, the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain. Hallelujah. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. Whoo. The whole nation has been shook for God. And these reports are going all over the land. And the Spirit of God came on him. And he girded up his loins. He got his, his loose garments up where he could run. And he ran in front of Ahab. In front of his horses and his chariots. And he did it for miles all the way to Jezreel. Woo! All the joy. All the fulfillment. When you don't quit. When you don't give up. Other people can scoff and mock and lose their faith and cast their confidence away and try to explain it away. It's not for us. It's passed away. All that faith stuff, that's just a cult. You need to get away from them. And do what? Replace it with what? Expect nothing. Do nothing. Wait to die. The just shall live by faith. The just walk in these steps by faith. Overcome by faith. Please God by faith. And all oh, the joy. When having done all, you just keep on standing and you just keep on looking and you won't quit no matter what it looks like and feels like. And when it comes to pass and what no, they said couldn't be done, happens. And the sky is black with clouds and it rains, hallelujah, and the fire falls. Yes. It'll excite you so much you outrun horses. <laughs> 
We ain't talking about somebody got happy and ran around the church. We're talking about somebody outrun some horses. All the way to Jezreel. Now that's some Pentecostal running right there. Brother. Somebody say, that's me, that's me, that's me. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be God. Thanks be to God. Oh, just close your eyes and lift up your hand. Let's just close our eyes. Focus on Him. Maybe you need to go back. Pick up some things that you that you quit believing for and let go. First of all, make sure he, he told you that. But then if he did, never quit expecting it. No matter what. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.